Hey, 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 it's Disco Talk, and welcome back. I'm Andy. No, I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's do it again. Right. Hey, welcome to Snackdown. I'm Justin, and this is... Disco Andy. <laughs> it's true. Andy's been listening to a lot of disco lately. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I, I go through. Okay, so I go through phases, and uh, I was browsing uh, the interwebs, and something popped up. It was like music subreddit, and it was a guy named Donnie Benet. Yeah, is that the video you sent? Yeah. Yeah. He. Someone likened him to. Um, if anyone ever played Grand Theft Auto Vice City, mm-hmm. there was kind of this like bald, sort of overweight guy with like kind of the waterfalls on the back in terms of hair. And uh, Donnie Benet looks like that. <laughs> yeah, like uh, if Elvis went bald and grew the remaining hair out long and gained 50 pounds. Yeah. Disco Elvis, specifically. Yep. Yeah. But he sounds pretty great. I don't know. Yeah, he's like good. He's like semi-parody, but it's good. But I always go through like, so if I want to clean, if I want to clean the house and just like stay in a rhythm of cleaning the house, dude, like 110 to 135 beats per minute in, <laughs> in, in some disco tunes is, uh, is how I'm going to get the house clean. Do you set the disco speed based on what task you're completing? No, it's not like... Like, man, I need to get these dishes done quick. Turn the disco up two times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm out of control now. <laughs> and, and Kalen's like, uh-oh. And he's got the 2X speed disco going. What he's going to break dishes. <laughs> yeah. You're tossing the plates into the cupboard instead of placing them. Yeah. We get plasticware and just like have that from that point on. Yeah. I guess my well, dad used to go to disco clubs and dance. I need to meet your dad. <laughs> yeah. I feel There's like-, like these little snippets of his life that come out in like conversation and just like a sentence. Not like an explanation, just like, oh yeah, when I was, you know, in the 70s, I used to go to disco clubs and we're all like, wait, what? Expand on this story? So it's like, it's, you can't disprove that. Like you really could say yeah. a lot of things and you'd be like, I guess dad yeah. did that. Like, yeah, you know, I'm in my 30s now and only a few years ago, me and my brother found out he played stand-up bass in like a bluegrass type band for a little while. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you know that your did you know your dad to be a musician at all? Yeah, I know he plays guitar and... Oh, okay, cool. Is that where you get? Is that where you and your brother get a lot of that from? Or not really? I mean, I know when he was younger, he played a lot more music. But now my parents are very—I never really see them listening to music or talking about much about music. My dad's a big Whitney Houston person. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I mean yes, yeah. You're serious. I'm serious. Wow, that was a curveball, wasn't it? <laughs> I didn't expect that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After that long intro, let's get into what we're doing today. What are we getting into today, Justin? So we mentioned it two episodes ago on the cocktail episode that we were going to do a brandy episode. And mm-hmm. so we are actually going to do a brandy episode. So here we be. Here we be. So the first one, so we're going to do two cocktails, yep. right? Kind of in our classic fashion, unless we really go off the deep end. But it is in the late hours of morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not going to say exactly what time it is because we don't want you to judge us more or less than you need to. <laughs> but... With the craziness of life, sometimes there's only small pockets of time when we can record. <laughs> Let's just say it's not the work week. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the first one that we're going to have is the B&B or the Brandy and Benedictine. Which or, goes along, you know, bed and breakfast, morning, kinda, B&B. Yeah. 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 Oh, past the breakfast item. Scrambled eggs and... You're going to say scrapple? Scrapple. Right? You ever had scrapple? I don't know what scrapple is. Oh, man. Next time I'm going down to Maryland, I'm going to bring up some Scrapple and we're going to eat it. sounds it. like a uh, Scrabble. It's like that. Uh, sc- scrapple could be anything uh, in terms of meat. <laughs> it's just everything. Scrambled up. All right. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> we're going to have a Benedictine and brandy. Mm-hmm. And first, we're just going to try some Benedictine because we have not had Benedictine on the show. Mm-hmm. So give a little sniffy. It smells a little 
So Bene- Benedictine's herbal, right? Kind of mm-hmm. a little bit bitter, I'm assuming. It's an herbal liqueur, but it definitely has a... Um, it's got like a, an, an herbal smell, and then it's definitely kind of sweeter. Wow, this tastes like honey. This tastes like Ricola, like a honey-flavored Ricola. Taste it again? <laughs> yeah. And cinnamon. Like a honey-flavored like cough drop or yeah. some Doesn't sort it? of medicine. Yeah. yeah. But it definitely has a honey flavor. Absolutely. Benedictine. Is that our disco song that we're going to do? <laughs> no, like Ricola. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, here's a, here's a life hack, and I showed Justin this earlier. If you ever want to listen to some slow jams, go on YouTube and find your favorite disco song and then put it at three-quarters speed. It's really neat. <laughs> this is this a, a disco episode now? <laughs> disco and brandy. It sounds uh, like a... A brisco. Yeah, it sounds like a brisket episode. That's uh, true. <laughs> Ooh, maybe we do make a brisket and disco episode. Oh, nice. Oh, hmm? speaking of brisket. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. This is, I can already tell, is going to be a very tangential episode. What happens in the mornings, bud? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> we last, both have a lot of energy. Last weekend, I think it was. Yeah. I, myself, risked it on the brisket. Yeah. Thanks to Lev for sending me like a three-pound hunk of brisket. Did you share that with anyone? I, I Yeah, I, I texted it to a few people, like the picture and stuff. No, no, no. I mean like the three-pound brisket. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> go, go on. Finish the story. Yeah. It made good leftovers. <laughs> yeah, of course. I didn't yeah. sit down and eat three pounds of biscuit. Biscuit? Three mm. pounds of brisket in one sitting. Dude, I could have three pounds of biscuit. I could eat biscuit all day. Yeah. A biscuit brisket sandwich. Oh. Oh, man. So I uh, looked up a couple recipes, looked on YouTube. I had to do it in the oven, obviously, because I don't have a smoker and I live in an apartment. It was the best brisket. Really? Yeah. It was so delicious. So what'd you do? I mean, you, you took it up pretty much at the three-hour mark, didn't you? I did about three hours and 15 minutes because I didn't know exactly the weight. I don't have a measurement. And you kind of slow cook it at 250 for an hour per pound. Yeah. And then you take it out. You wrap it tightly in tinfoil for like an hour, hour and a half because you want the moisture to settle in. Lock in and yeah. it helps the meat relax. And yeah. yeah. yeah, That's awesome, dude. It was so moist. It was like cutting air. Air has varying levels of moisture. In it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was no give to it, though. It just fell apart, and it was just... Like like uh, like cutting warm butter with a hot knife? Yeah. Okay. It was so good. That's awesome. I'm so I was ye- pretty happy about jealous. that. Yeah. yeah. So now I kind of want to buy some more brisket. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's good. I'm proud of you. You've never <laughs> done a brisket before. It was delicious. So Benedictine. Benedictine. <laughs> so uh, Benedictine is an herbal liqueur produced in France. <laughs> Flavored with 27 flowers, berries, herbs, roots, and spices. It was developed by wine merchant Alexandra Legrand in the 19th century and marketed as having been derived from an original recipe of Benedictine monks of the Abbey Facamp in Normandy, lost in the ashes of the French Revolution. All the monks weren't killed, were they? Like, I don't know. (laughs) The only thing that lasted from the ashes of the French Revolution was a piece of paper with the 27 herb recipe of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess we have to make something with this. <laughs> this was a toilet bowl cleaner, but yeah. we must glorify it. All right. Yeah. No, we'll just, we can try this drink now. So this is a Benedictine and Brandy. <laughs> we have, we have set our minds free. We're now on the journey. So we're not, now we're having it with a be like with Brandy, right? So this is 50% Benedictine and 50% Brandy. And wow, that tastes great. Yeah. I've never had this before. You have before. You've talked about it on the show. Uh... You've suggested it, I thought. I know people that have had it. Oh, you I think just I might have had it like it. a little bit, but this is fantastic. This the is. brandy really balances the Benedictine. It does because it mellows out the 
Benedictine on its own, even though it is a little bit medicinal herbal, mm-hmm. it's very sweet with the honeyish flavor. So this kind of mellows that out a little bit. But brandy is derived from wine, right. which is also pretty sweet on its own. Can be. So you can also buy, so the same people that make Benedictine also sell B&B like in a bottle. Yeah, so it costs I, about the same. Yeah, when I was at the liquor store, I was looking for Benedictine, and they only had the mix. Mm. And I asked the guy, do you just have straight Benedictine? Because I don't want the mix. He's like, I've never heard of that before. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the help. So the story of Benedictine and brandy says began during the Gilded Age of Cocktails. Ernest Hemingway, the famous novelist, first mentioned blending Benedictine and brandy in his short story, The Mercenaries. In 1919. Shortly thereafter, Benedictine and Brandy became the popular call B&B among fine restaurants and clubs in the USA. It doesn't say what like the base alcohol is for the liqueur. For Benedictine? Yeah. So many people have tried to reproduce it, that the company maintains its ground in Camp a hall of counterfeits. What do you mean? <laughs> What's a hall of counterfeits? It sounds like a museum where they have all the ones that have tried to copy it. I don't know. It says the manufacturing process involves several distillations, which are then blended. The recipe for Benedictine is a commercial secret, but is known to contain 27 herb spices, of which the following 21 are publicly known. Uh, Angelica, interesting. Hyssop, juniper, myrrh, saffron, mace, fir cones, aloe, arnica, lemon balm, tea, thyme, coriander, clove, lemon, vanilla, honey, orange peel, red berries, cinnamon, and nutmeg. And then the six unknowns. Yeah. I feel like cinnamon's in there, right? Maybe it would just be too obvious. It is. Huh? Yeah, cinnamon and nutmeg are part of it, and honey. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You know why you feel like that? Because I just read it. (laughs) Cool. That's interesting because the hyssop was in the absinthe. Yeah. Yep. But it's interesting that there's mace in here and myrrh. A little bit of saffron, though, which is kind of cool, too. Does all the saffron in the world just go for alcohol drinks? Um, Yeah, alcohol (laughs) and Indian food. Yep. Hmm. I really like this. Mm-hmm. So, like, this would be a really nice, like, do you, do you like it warm? Cause yeah, so Benedictine and Brandy can be served on ice. We're drinking it neat. doesn't need to be shaken. You just put them in a glass together and stir them. Let them melt into each other. Yeah. And they're both the same color, so it just comes out to be kind of a yellowy brown, lighter than a whiskey, but a little golden, bit more yellow than a Golden whiskey. and caramel, yeah. right? Golden and caramel. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely order this maybe fall time, mm-hmm. definitely in the wintertime. So what about the flavor makes it a wintertime drink for you? It's warm, right? It, it, it's, you know, it's a room temperature liqueur and liquor, or cocktail rather. The fact that it's got like honey, I mean, just the fact that it's warm, it's like, okay, that's a winter, it's a winter drink, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, I'm not pouring this, you know, in the summertime. It's, it's syrupy as well. So it's warm and syrupy. Like it's definitely just like a... I could do this in the summer if it was like after nine o'clock, maybe like a summer night sitting by a fire. Like a muggy summer night? Maybe. A muggy summer night? <laughs> I mean, I, I really laid it out, <laughs> kind of give you a more extreme situation. Like you... when my shirt's sticking to me, yeah. sipping on a Benedictine like, brandy. Yeah, you're like, is that the Benedictine that I accidentally spilled or my own sweat <laughs> over the course of the day? And I haven't changed my undershirt. <laughs> this drink gets a little salty with my forehead dripping into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Should so, I have wiped my brow? Nay. <laughs> it adds to the flavor. The 28th ingredient to Benedictine. So according to the Spruce Eats, the B&B stands for Benedictine Dom and Brandy, which we're using the Dom brand of mm-hmm. Benedictine. And there was really no other brand to pick up. 
There could be only one. There is only one. Yeah. So. There's a hall of imitators. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They wouldn't, like Fernette Branca, right. there wouldn't be multiple Fernette Broncas. There's uh, I don't think there any. I don't think anyone really wants to get into. They don't that have that a hall of counterfeits at Fernet Branca. So according to the Spruce Eats again, making the drink really is as simple as mixing the two spirits. One of the best classic cocktails. It is an icon of sophisticated drinking. It makes an ideal after dinner drink or nightcap. Mm. So <laughs> perfect for this morning. A morning cap. Yeah. <laughs> Let's cap off. Start that morning. your day off with a Benedictine and brandy. Let's cap off this morning of mediocre breakfast options. And then do your chores. <laughs> With disco 2X Disco. Bumpin'. <laughs> so a B&B is often served on the rocks. Sometimes drinkers prefer it straight up, and others like it slightly warmer. We're in the others section. Wait, so it says most people like it on the rocks? That's what it says. It's often served on the rocks. Do you have a little bit left? Yeah. Do you want to try it with a little bit of ice? I guess we should. Right? Yeah. Let's give it a whirl. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we added some ice to this glass, and, uh... <laughs> ah, it tastes icier. Um, it tastes less syrupy, less honey. Different flavors come out, actually. Different flavors are coming out. The brandy's a little subdued. The honey's a little subdued. I already said that. But the spices, kind of like the, the smorgasbord of Benedictine spices, are, like, popping right now. It's a little yeah. more bitter. So I think if I was drinking it in a muggy summer night, maybe I'd just add a little ice. Yeah, I think you should, yeah. I don't think I prefer either or. I think they taste almost completely different. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I don't like adding ice to whiskey. I'm a whiskey mm-hmm. neat guy. Mm-hmm. And I feel Same. like that once the it gets part. cold, it doesn't have the flavors that I like. You know, a lot of times drinks, you know, different flavors come out at different temperatures. And mm-hmm. we talked about this mm-hmm. on a, another episode. Yeah. And a lot of times you want wine and whiskey to breathe a little bit. And the this same is, reason. So choking it. A Benedictine and brandy is served in a snifter glass to allow it to breathe a little bit and for the aromas to come out. But this, the ice brings out different flavors, but I like those flavors. It's just a completely different... You're absolutely right. It tastes like a totally different cocktail. And it would be like in the similar family. It doesn't taste like it would be like absolutely different sides of, sides mm-hmm. of the spectrum, but yeah. it definitely would be within the same family, but different cocktails, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not so dissimilar that it's indistinguishable, but it's very unique. I can keep saying that in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're fraternal twins and they're not identical twins. <laughs> okay, I'm done. The B&B is an, an excellent way to enjoy a fine brandy. The simple mix will enhance any sipping brandy and show off its more elegant characteristics. Then again, Benedictine can also transform a less expensive brandy into a very enjoyable drink. What if you did Benedictine and wine? Hmm. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Might be a good option. I wonder. Let's see if that's a thing, right? <laughs> it's going it? to be like, do not mix Benedictine like, and wine. No idiot would do that. I bet you could mix Benedictine with port. That might be a little too sweet, though. Yeah, that would be... Okay, no one no one does Benedictine and wine. Maybe we should have done that. So which of these do you like better? The which iteration? On rocks or on the plains? <laughs> <laughs> or in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> So because it is getting warmer up in this apartment, this is kind of hitting a little better on the rocks. Yeah. I like that, right? Would mm-hmm. you say? Yeah, I think I like this a little bit better. Like I want to get right some... Right now. Right. I want to get some Benedictine and have that today. 
you know, but I mean, like, I, I think that this is something with, that Kalen would probably like. Yeah. Oh, we had a great, we had a great drink last night. Um, have you ever had a gold rush? We've talked I've heard about of it. it I think we've talked about it. I don't think I've ever had it. We didn't have a gold rush last night. We had a bee's knees, which mm. is a gold rush, but with gin instead of whiskey. So it was gin, honey, or like honey water, and then uh, lemon. So mm. fantastic. Interesting. Really weird. Something that you would like order at the Fitz. What is it? Yeah. yeah. Like some sort of like speakeasy or like really like classic, you know, barista style place. So, so the Fitz just opened. Did like it? A day or two ago. We really should go. Yeah. Especially since we did the Jerry Thomas episode. Maybe you pop the kids over to the grandparents' house and you, me, and Kaylin go get a drink at the speakeasy. Do you play, um, do you play jazz piano? Do I? Yes. Yeah, every Wednesday and Friday. <laughs> at the Fitz. <laughs> The resident jazz pianist, Justin. <laughs> I wear a glued-on mustache and a top hat. <laughs> and the, when the music really gets hot and heavy, the mustache starts melting off. <laughs> yeah. And the sweat drips into my Benedictine and brandy. <laughs> and you drink that with a straw. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. <laughs> I, I don't think the straw necessarily, but like the straw plus kind of like a sweaty drink. That Can makes you imagine like disgusting. a piano player with a long, like... Five foot curly Q straw yes, to I a could. drink that's off stage that he like drinks one, while he's one hundred percent playing. Could imagine that. Yeah. So I, cool. I, when I saw Dragon Force, I told you about that. You right? saw Dragon Force? Did I tell you about Dragon Force? No. You know who they are? I know who they are. Yeah. Okay, so I saw Dragon Force. I think Chimera and Kill Switch Engage. Oh well. Let me explain myself. <laughs> that's a weird lineup too. Yeah, I saw them because one of my friends from high school was talking to Sam Totman from uh, Dragon Force. He's the one of the lead guitarists. And Sam was like, hey, I'll give you like free tickets to the show or whatever. And then Were they like bumbling? Bumbling. Like on Bumble? Yeah. Uh, this was... She like knew him personally? No. Okay. What's bumbling? Like on Bumble? Like, I don't know. I just came up with that term, yeah. <laughs> to Bumble? Buzzing. <laughs> I, I think I bumble around, right? Like yeah. that's... I'm just kind of like... Or is it stumbling? Uh, anyway, so she... <laughs> So he gave her a free ticket, and she was like, hey, can I bring a friend? And he was probably like, hey, a friend? You know, like, what kind of girl is she going to bring? You know? yeah. And it was me. She brought me. <laughs> he got real excited. For he like... got real unexcited. Yeah. So we saw him at the 930 Club, and he actually came out. I think there was, like, another band that was playing before. And uh, he came out and just, like, had a beer with us. And That's then cool. went and did his set. So I bring that up because they just had, like, some, like, crappy beer in a bottle like attached to their uh, stands, like their mic stands. And they all had straws and they were just drinking their beer out of the straws. Like the entire time, like while they were soloing and Drinking stuff. beer out of a straw. Yes. I hope it was one of those, like I think it was kind of a skinny straw. I think this was before bubble tea was a big thing. Yeah. Because I think at the rate that they were drinking, they probably would have appreciated a bubble tea straw. <laughs> Although, can you imagine if it was like the eco-friendly cardboard straws and it's slowly disintegrating as mm-hmm. they're playing their... It's like springing a leak yeah. like halfway through the set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're um, shredding along with their straw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was it was pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. You know, sort of brush cool. with fame, I guess. Yeah. So uh, along with talking about music, what is I... It? Uh, Am working. I will be working on an EP with an old musical acquaintance. So, did you say this on the pod so that you have to do it now? <laughs> Maybe no. <laughs> Partially? Partially? No. I uh, yeah. I've been thinking about this project that I wanted to do for a while, and so I've been talking to an old friend who's really really good musician, and so we're gonna work on a three to four song EP. How many disco tracks are you guys gonna have? 
three don't to four. Li- don't lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> really? That'd no. be so cool. Oh, crap. Well, that's cool, man. I, yeah. That's like, uh, that's very cool. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. He's kind of busy, so it might be a long process. We're going to like pass tracks back and forth. and Postal service style, right? You know, that's how the band got the name. I'm going to send him cassette tapes in the mail. And he's going to send them back. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Like, I, I uh, yeah, I wish you guys the best of luck. <sighs> All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to make another drink. And, and this is a classic brandy drink. Is and it? This gets drawn back all the way to that Jerry Thomas book. Really um, early drinking in America. Yeah. Early, not early drinking. People were drinking once they got here. People were drinking we're early before drinking today. Yeah, we are early drinking today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get back and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have, be back. We'll be back uh, and stay tuned for early American drinking. Yeah. Bye. Bye. And we're back. <laughs> throwing a little curveball in there. You always try to beat me to the punch. Yeah. So uh, we are drinking a Brandy Daisy. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a blue-green color, interestingly <laughs> enough. It's not a daisy. It looks more like freshly cut grass. <laughs> so uh, the original recipe for this uses curacao. And I think mm-hmm. curacao used to just be clear. So I think it would have it's been a quite different. Curacao. Oh, yeah. Curacao. Thank you. It would have been a little bit of a different color than the blue color it is right sure. now. Sure. Let's take a little sip of this. Mm-hmm. A little sippy sip. So, <laughs> you first, Justin. <laughs> so we did a lot of non-measuring on this drink. No, that's not true. Okay, a dash is. We probably did the best that we could for a dash. We were brand new bartenders day one, and we were just throwing things into the cocktail mixer. Yeah, it really felt like a bartending sort of like Muppets mashup. Yeah, so what we did was, if you listened to two episodes ago, Jerry Thomas came out with a bartender's book. And so we decided to do basically the original Brandy Daisy recipe, which he wrote down, I think, for the first time. It made that, that book made it kind of pretty popular. According to his recipe, though, there's two ounces of brandy, the juice of half a lemon, and then everything else is in dashes and not actual measurements. So there's three to four dashes of syrup, two to three dashes of curacao liquor, and two dashes of Jamaican rum. Mm. So we kind of tried to stay true to that and just dashed ourselves. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if this actually tastes like it should. You kind of top it with club soda afterwards. So maybe I added too much club soda. So what does it taste like to you? On the aftertaste, I taste the lemon. Yep. But on the initial drink, it tastes like carbonated brandy. Yeah. It's pretty dry, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's sort of tart, but... It- it is relatively dry, and to me, almost kind of tastes like a uh, diet drink, like yeah, a almost bit. a fresca. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a daisy is a type of cocktail. A modern, if you order a brandy daisy today, it's very different than the original recipe. And a lot of times they use grenadine now. Oh, okay. It's very lemon and grenadine instead of curacao. So we're drinking the original recipe. This is the original brandy daisy, minus maybe the blue yeah. food coloring. Yeah, right. So there's they're more raspberry flavored now pomegranate flavored with either raspberry syrup or grenadine and a lot of times they use limoncello now too that sounds like it would be really good yeah this is the original brandy daisy recipe although we did a lot of dashes so honestly i think dashes work better if you have those stoppers on the top of your bottles Mm -hmm. all right so over the years multiple variants of the recipe developed including other daisies involving other base spirits such as whiskey or gin 
The gin-based daisy in at least one bartender's guide from the mid-1930s is considered an early incarnation of the Cosmopolitan, a drink today well-known as a citrus vodka-based concoction. Hmm. So a later recipe published in 1941 in Old Mr. Boston's Deluxe, official bartender's book, it was brandy, lemon juice, raspberry syrup, or grenadine, powdered sugar, and cracked ice. The Daisy was a forerunner to other popular cocktails, notably the Sidecar, which we've had on this podcast, from around the end of World War One, and the Margarita during the late 1930s and early 1940s. I kind of do like this, though. It is good. It's a little bit mellow. It has a little bit of a lemon, slight taste of fruitiness from the brandy. I mean, brandy and curacao are both fruity. I was kind of looking for a place where um, I could find information about soda water. So the fact that soda water was in jerry thomas's book like soda water i was looking up soda water was invented really in the 1700s mm-hmm. um I, I i mean that wasn't i mean it still is obviously manufactured today but i think it was still a less common thing that kind of went in and out of popularity um and it was still really settling it's not like it was a benedictine monk you know drink passed down for centuries or whatever mm-hmm. you know it, it's something that's certainly more modern within the past three centuries so yeah but I mean, this kind of would have been kind of a cool, you know, maybe maybe even uh, maybe they touted it for its health effects or something like that, too. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Would you consider this to be an aperitif or a digestif or a during dinner teeth? I would say during dinner teeth. Or a maybe second lunch teeth. Maybe a breakfast teeth. Mmm. <laughs> I would say it, it's not an ap- it's not a digestif for sure. I would mm-hmm. say drinking this during or before. Even though it's dry, it, it is kind of refreshing. Yeah, I would love to order this. Man, we better like make a list of cocktails for when we go to the fits. Just like unfurl our like big scroll and be like, and first we will have, and I get out my feather pen. I'm like, brandy days. Like, <laughs> I feel like because of our knowledge of cocktails now, it's way beyond what we were when we started this podcast. And it's yeah. probably beyond the knowledge of a normal person. We'll really... Yeah, okay. What do you mean normal person? Are you saying we're abnormal? Yeah, I, I think now we are. You think we're abnormal? We are. We were abnormal before the podcast. Huh. <laughs> but I think we know so this more... This is just more of a sidestep. <laughs> I, think, I think we know more about cocktails than your average Joe. Yeah, okay. So I feel like we could be real cocktail snobs. Uh, I don't think we're at that level, though. Like more lemon? Yeah, I think we're in kind of like a, a no man's land in between the average Joe, maybe slightly above someone that just wikipedia cocktails for the night, and yeah. then like way below sort of cocktail snobs, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like learning about cocktails has helped me pick better cocktails at restaurants, though. Yeah. Because I can see the ingredients. A lot of times I'll put the ingredients on there, and I can tell whether it's a mixer or straight ingredients. And it really helps you buy better cocktails. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's like helped me. If something has this kind of just, like if, if, if something kind of goes out of my comfort zone, but mm-hmm. I look at the ingredients and I'm like, damn, that would be like pretty cool. Yeah. Like, so then I'll get it, you know? Yeah. Also, like, they, they become really creative at creating cocktail names, like custom cocktail names. Yeah. So you look at it and you're like, oh, that sounds great. And if you have no idea what any of the ingredients are, you can just order it. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, that name is great. And I look at the ingredients and I'm like, I don't want that. Yeah, it's like, this <laughs> one's a blue cherry bomb. You're like, whoa, blue cherry bomb. I want to get blasted. And then you look at the ingredients and it's just like tons of grenadine. And you're like, I could just <laughs> yeah. drink that at home, you ass. Yeah, it's like blue curacao, <laughs> grenadine, and some sort of a mixer. And you're like, yeah. oh. And then just like, and then just ever clear. <laughs> and you're just yeah. like, oh, okay, I don't really want that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of the older 
cocktails didn't necessarily have these like you know modern marketing and advertising schemes for or just you know just sort of like modern uses of of advertising for a drink so mm-hmm. you know it would be it would really be interesting to to go to the fits and maybe try something you know a little on the older side and, yeah you know have someone go do you want shaved ice and i would go oh oh oh, oh. <laughs> yes charles i do want shaved ice when i was in hawaii <laughs> shaved ice is a big thing shut up about hawaii <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like snow cones only they do shaved ice yeah what do you mean it's a big thing they like shaved ice is all over the place in hawaii it's just shaved like they have shaved ice food truck kind of things and like pop-up things and restaurants do shaved ice desserts. they're not just slushies no it's they like a it. yeah like you get this like bowl Block or of... cone of like shaved ice and then flavor. they just kind of like spray some grenadine on some it. Some syrup of some sort, yeah. It's grenadine. It's probably grenadine. It's been haunting you your whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wake up at night screaming grenadine every night. Grenadine! <laughs> so this is a brandy episode, and we haven't actually talked about brandy. Have we ever done... We haven't done this brand, is the first time brandy we've had on brandy. It. We've had wow. cognac before, which is... I feel like they're fraternal twins again. If we're brandy. Kind of, but, okay. So brandy is a... Liquor produced by distilling wine. Brandy generally contains 35 to 60% alcohol by volume and is typically consumed as an after dinner digestive or a morning digestive by <laughs> snack down. <laughs> yeah, don't get too judgy on their Wikipedia. What the hell? Yeah, some brandies are aged in wooden casks, others are colored with caramel coloring to imitate the effects of aging. That's messed up. <laughs> That's really messed They'll be really fooled by this. <laughs> Some are produced using a combination of both aging and coloring. Varieties of wine brandy can be found across the winemaking world. Among the most renowned are Cognac and Armagnac from south- southwestern France. Never heard of that before. Armagnac? Yeah. In a broader sense, the term brandy also denotes liquors obtained from the distillation of pomace, yielding pomace brandy. And pomace is how they make grappa. Oh, as being like what's kind of left after the wine? Yeah, the leftovers. Huh. That's what pomace is. So you want to know some other things about brandy? Mm-hmm. Uh, born into a musical family, brandy was raised in Carson, California, beginning her <laughs> career as a backing vocalist for teen groups. Um, <laughs> after signing with Atlantic mm-hmm. Records in 1993, she released her self-titled debut album the following year, which sold 6 million copies worldwide. So initially wine was Associated distilled. acts from brandy is... <laughs> Whitney Houston, it comes Whoa. full circle. <laughs> How did we come full circle with that? That's crazy. So initially wine was distilled as a preservation method, as a way to make it easier for merchants to transport. It is also thought that wine was originally distilled to lessen the tax, which is assessed by volume. The intent was to add the water removed by distillation back to the brandy shortly before consumption. It was discovered that after having been stored in wooden casks, the resulting product had improved the overall original distilled spirit. Interesting. Yeah. They're like, man. It's like this smuggling. High, this high test stuff is. It's almost like smuggling. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's tax evasion. <laughs> Legal tax evasion. Right? That ended up in making brandy. It's yeah. Really who funny. would do. I mean, with, with probably the instruments that they've had in the history of brandy making. I mean, volume was probably the most consistent thing to, to measure by. Right. Mm-hmm. So, are you a fan of brandy over cognac? Or I think cognac so. Or cognac over brandy? I'm not sure. I think brandy's a little sweeter. We haven't had brandy straight up yet. We haven't. Yana. Maybe we should. Just a little, yeah, I mean, just one geez, little we already sip. Like a brandy episode. Yeah, just a tiny bit. Maybe none. For just you. a tiny bit as I drop my glass. 
You almost hammered your glass into the table. <laughs> yeah, let's try it because I don't know what it tastes like. I can't compare it. To... <laughs> You're like, yeah, let's try it because I need to take a nap in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and then I need to edit for the rest of the day. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's grab some brandy yeah. and give it a little sips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go anywhere. And we yeah. didn't go anywhere. <laughs> we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so we are trying E&J, which is a classic brand of brandy. And this is XO brandy. And it was only $12, but it's XO, <laughs> which means extra old or Napoleon, a blend in which the youngest brandy is served for at least six years. So that means if you're looking at price, uh, VS, which is the lowest type, should be like what? It's so bucks? messed up that very special is, right? It's very special, very superior old pale, extra old. And Beyond Age is the last or one. Or B.A.? Wars like de Age. Huh? What? You just Wars say Beyond Age. Corsage? <laughs> That's what you give someone when you're going to the prom. <laughs> <laughs> and you get no, just good. nervous the whole time and end up vomiting from just being nervous. Yeah. I don't know. I don't speak French at all. Yeah, so. I don't know. Wars Stage. I thought you spoke French. I did for a little bit. On Duolingo? And the Beyond Age is a designation for which is formally equal to XO for cognac, but for Armagnac designates brandy that is at least 10 years old. In practice, the term is used by producers to market high-quality product beyond the official age scale. So, <laughs> yeah, what do you think about this? Uh, I haven't had the brandy. Oh, yeah, so we're going to... That's right. We're going to try straight brandy. <laughs> I forgot already. Wow, that's not what I expected it to taste like at all. This is very dry. Very dry. The flavor doesn't hit me until it's kind of like in my throat already. On the tongue, it doesn't like taste like much. I think I like cognac better. So the longer it ages, it probably gains a little bit more flavor, depending mm-hmm. on what cask it's in. Yet this is six years old, right? Yeah, six years old. And E&J is American brandy, so since 1975, so not very old, no. we've used only the highest quality grapes to make E&J. Aged for a minimum of two years in a blend of oak and bourbon barrels, the result is American brandy at its best, a fruit-forward style, so smooth it can be enjoyed straight up or mixed. So two years does not follow the guidelines for Uh, XL brandy. You know what? And I'm so stupid. So cognac is just brandy, but made in the cognac region of France. Mm -hmm. But it's aged differently, I think. Is it? The stipulations for the XO That's like the, the, there's six extra ingredients. Like, it could just be the same dumb thing. So all I'm saying is that this XO $12 six-year-old brandy. But see, point in the back of this, it's aged at least two years. It says a minimum of two years, so it doesn't say actually how long. But that doesn't follow the V, the XO standards. No. So it says the XO is char-filtered to create the ultimate expression of smoothness. With hints of vanilla, creamy toffee, and brown sugar, XO is the best of the best. No, so, it's not, because there's obviously, there's clearly... <laughs> two steps above XO. <laughs> yeah, that's like saying, like, VS, very special. Does it get any more special than that? And then, like, it's like, and like the immediate, like, it's like a YouTube ad, and yeah. then, like, the immediate, like, like, next ad, it's like, but wait, it does get yeah. more special. <laughs> Three out of five stars, the best of the best. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I mean, this smells, it smells fruity. It doesn't smell like, has, like, a strong, like, grape smell to it. It doesn't have like a strong yeah, wine Yeah, it's interesting smell. when you distill grape, it kind of loses that fruity flavor almost. At least a mm. fruity smell. Well, honestly, it has, to me, it has more of a generic fruity smell than like overpoweringly a grape smell. Mm-hmm. For this one, at least. I, so I know that's not the case for all brands. We've now had all sorts of spirits. We've had gin, vodka, whiskey. Let's just, let's just name all the spirits. 
Let's yeah. do we it. We just had a lot. How do you think the <laughs> distillation process affects the original flavor? Mm. Good. Good. Yes. <laughs> but it also changes. So wine is very different from brandy. But you're only taking it one step further, right? You're taking the water out by the yeah. distillation process. Yes. No, you're not taking out just the water. There's a ton of other stuff that you're taking out. So you can make whiskey out of corn, correct? Yeah. You can also make vodka out of corn? Yeah. And potatoes. So what... And lots of other stuff. How does the distillation process affect the flavor of those? Because you're not tasting corn. So in some of them, you can taste like sort of a graininess, right? And what? I just thought of something. I was going to say, can you make a corn wine? Corn wine sounds absolutely disgusting. Have you ever watched? Well, so have you a, ever watched the movie A Mighty Wind? Uh, no, it's about they wine. sing a song about corn wine, and that's why as soon as I said cor- said corn wine in my mind, I laughed. That sounds like a James Taylor song. Corn wine, corn wine in my mind. When I taste anything distilled, the distilled spirit, yeah, I don't have a lot of flavor of what it's what it's what it originally or, or, comes from. Origin. The main, the main ingredient because when you're talking about say like whiskey brandy that type of thing a lot of the flavor and color comes from what is aged in versus what it was made from it'd be really cool to to like maybe find a brand that you can cross compare with the same aging process and then having just different ingredients and go oh okay i mean like you know like so the base ingredient of rye is very different from just a standard bourbon Mm -hmm. you know or vodka Right, but obviously vodka is different because you've got you know. And vodka and is not aged very much, no, if at all. It's not. Right. I wonder what an aged vodka would taste like. Just dust. <laughs> dust. <laughs> like if it was aged in like a bourbon barrel or something. Oh, like that. okay, okay. You know what I mean? Because a lot of when you're talking about whiskey, the aging process of what it was aged in, like a like a charred barrel or the type right. of wood it was aged right. in, really affects the flavor. And I think it does the same with brandy. When you're talking about how long it was aged for, what it was aged in. Okay. So whiskey must be distilled from grain. So this is a cool website. Um, it's called newscotlandspirits.us. So is that Scotland or a newer? Anyway, so vodka is largely unregu- unregulated. Whiskey, you have to have grains. Mm-hmm. The grain spirit also must at least see the inside of an oak barrel to be considered a whiskey. So just peekaboo, and then it's yeah. in something else. Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it says it at least must kiss the inside of an oak barrel if it's to be qualified as a whiskey. I wonder yeah. what the technical amount of time a kiss is. So the oak barrel requirement is unique to American and Scottish law. Other countries just refer to it as a barrel made of wood. So it could be anything. So mm-hmm. hickory, maple, pear, <laughs> apple. You could you could put it in anything. Do you think? Sometime. Something would get flavor from a bamboo cask. Sounds disgusting. <laughs> Does it sound disgusting? I don't know. Could be kind of interesting. Are bamboo casks a thing? I have no idea. Maybe we should pose that idea to someone. Honestly, probably a bamboo cask is way too expensive. Uh, I would How much bamboo disagree. would it take to make a bamboo cask? Yeah, but how expensive is bamboo? I wonder if bamboo deteriorates too quickly. That like It's too thin, too. Yeah, you know too what I mean? Thin. There's a lounge called Bamboo Cask Lounge in Kenya. Oh, nice. That's it. That's all I got. Is it the Bamboo Cask Disco Lounge? Oh, method for producing wine aged in bamboo cask 
And then there's also a subsection that talks about the disco lounge. Nice. A <laughs> um, oh, method for producing wine aged in a bamboo cask is provided, thereby producing high quality of wine having bamboo taste. I don't know if I'd like a bamboo cask, though. That's a whole nother episode. Is it? <laughs> if someone came up to us and was like, hey, I'd like to do a bamboo cask episode, here are all the wines that we're going to try, let's do this, I'd go, okay. <laughs> I think beyond that, I probably don't think we're going to spend an episode on that. No. <sighs> well, what was your favorite out of all of these? I liked the Benedictine brandy, for sure. So another classic uh, brandy drink is a Brandy Alexander, and we are going to do that eventually, but we're going to do it on a holiday episode of sorts. Yeah. And I'm excited to try it because I've seen the ingredients of it, and it looks pretty tasty. And uh, it's it's not right for now. We've We've hit fall, but it's 80 degrees. Yeah. Although... Last week, I had to scrape my car off one morning. So Did you? In New York, it's just all over the place. Wow. Weather-wise, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the leaves are turning. The leaves are turning. The flannels There's coming out. There's some trees that are like half red, half yep. green. Yep. yep, my flannels have come out. Have they? Yep. I don't know if I have any good flannels. I've got a lot of good flannels. Do you? I can't pass up a good flannel when I walk by the rack. I feel like flannels just never fit me. Really? I kind of feel, like, feel like fat flannels. You're kind of a, a tall, kind of a tall lanky guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I go to LLB and they're like, It's so weird how stores fit. assume if you're this tall, you're also this large. Yeah. Yeah, it's largism. You need to have Kaylin learn how to tailor your clothing. She would hate that. She knows how to. Really, I need to learn how to do that. Yeah. Staying up late sewing your brand new clothes. <laughs> like, and then the kids stir. The kids stir. And I'm like, like I have to be quiet. And I'm like doing like, I'm like kind of putting the throttle on the, the sewing machine. It's like, and then i'm like oh man i gotta go get the kid and then i do some sort of thing with the thread real quick and it involves my mouth and you continue to come over here with half threaded clothes because you just didn't finish them yeah dark sunken eyes half threaded clothes i'm like maybe we should kind of put the podcast on hold and you crack the whip and you say Nay, the show must go on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what was your favorite? (laughs) Probably that story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did like the second drink. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think it was kind of refreshing. And the flavors were kind of muted, which makes it kind of nice. I need to see see the Brandy Daisy in uh, a modern sense. I would like to taste the modern iteration of that. In terms of versatility... The B&B, like, you can have that cold, you can have that warm. Yeah, and both I think, very good, different flavors. Yep. I don't think one or the other was really better. I think it's just the setting. And both of them did, like, the Benedictine did the brandy justice and vice versa. So mm-hmm. I think I think very, it was... Very, very uh, good blending. Yeah, like, great complimenting so, drink. So Kudos to Ernest Hemingway for mixing that. He didn't... That wasn't him. It was the first time it was written down, maybe. Oh, was it? He kind of He was down. quite the drinker. He was quite the writer. So he drank a lot of grappa, which is why we drank grappa, and that was not as good as the Benedictine and brandy. I still have grappa in my fridge. Do you? Take some? No. Ziploc? Yes. (laughs) Straw? (laughs) Ziploc in the straw. (laughs) Just just got the road soda, just plowing down 81, and yeah. That won't raise any red flags. No. Um, Anyway, so... Yeah, I thought I thought the B and B was great. I think if you have brandy and or brandy or I mean, you could probably try Benedictine with a lot of things. Yeah, 
I mean, Benedictine, I think, is classically paired with brandy. I'd like yeah. to see what other cocktails it goes in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you bought Benedictine, I don't think you would be disappointed in having it in your liquor cabinet? Mm-hmm. Closet? Liquor pantry? Pantry? That's big. Yeah. Um, I don't think you'd be disappointed in having it in there. And um, I think there's worse things that you can, or like worse or more niche things that you can put in there that you probably won't grab as often. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to see a, a modern daisy, possibly with some raspberry or grenadine and limoncello. I think they've yeah. perfected it. It sounds really good. Yeah, it's, it, it's probably come a long ways. Tastes have changed too. I mean, people have just, people's just own taste in terms of, you know, how sweet people like things or how bubbly people like things or... You know how much people don't care about bubbles anymore. So I do like this though. The, long, the, the more cold it's gotten, I can really taste the lemon and curacao. Yeah, it was good. They're they're both good. I would I would suggest if people were to try one drink from here, I would say try a B and B for whatever weather. And uh, yeah, yeah. And if you're kind of questioning this, the brandy daisy, just try a modern one, which has more exact measurements than the the dashes that we did. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear my hip? Or my uh, my back crack. And you just turn and popped. Like at least five vertebrae. Yeah. It's crazy. You have five vertebrae? I have at least five vertebrae. Well. You do too. I thought we had one vertebrae. Now I'm thinking spine. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good episode. That was fun, right? Yeah. It's good. And you know what? It's afternoon at this point. That's it fantastic. Is. Here we go. We drank our way into the PM. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> Um, that actually, I've talked to people about that. You know that it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, it yeah. always bugs me because if it's if it's not an exact right, it's time, not five. O'clock. I'm like, no, it's five twenty somewhere. Yeah, or, you're like it's after five. You, yeah. it's like it's after five o'clock somewhere. Like yeah, they could have done that. That makes sense because right. five o'clock somewhere only works once uh, an hour, one sixtieth of the of the time. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's after five somewhere. Yeah. And wherever you are, you can enjoy couple, some sort of a brandy drink. A couple new drinks. I, I think uh, the second drink could be enjoyed in the morning. Yeah, probably kind not. of like a. You probably don't. So, right? what are the classic morning drinks? You know, the, the mimosa. The mimosa. The Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Um, and uh, maybe you throw in there a brandy daisy. Yeah. And the bartender would be like, what are you crazy? It's not even noon yet. And be like, come on. You just made like. A triple mimosa for someone. <laughs> made a double screw, screwdriver for someone that was like clearly hungover. Like you can make me a brandy daisy. Right? <laughs> like I paid for the double. I paid for like the the supreme omelet. Okay. <laughs> I basically own this golf course. Okay. I don't know. Is that where people have brunch? So you're talking to a mixologist in a brunch golf club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thanks for listening today. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this episode and others like it on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, maybe? I submitted for Amazon Podcasts. Okay. For Amazon Music, yeah. And you can go to our website at www. You remember the song, right? Remember the song that I did? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go to our website at www.snackdownpod.com. You can support us at patreon.com slash snackdown. And you can call us and leave us a voice message at 315-313-5456. So we appreciate you guys listening, telling your friends, supporting us in whatever way possible. And catch us next week. I got to say, whenever we get a voice message, I get like a little like, you know, my phone's in my pocket and I get a... And I like look at it and I'm like, huh, it's a nice little joy, mm-hmm. you know? And actually, so if you leave a vo- if you leave us a voice message and you don't want it, you know, played 
that's fine. Just let us know at the end. We're not going to just gonna, like cut that off like yeah. nefariously. Yeah, you can leave us a voice message just to tell us a story and not have it on the pod if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like We're okay with that. that. Yeah, Just say specifically in there because otherwise you are consenting to us we like, playing uh, it to millions of people. <laughs> dad jokes and puns and... Yeah, uh, not too many dad jokes. They get a little too daddy. Every time we get <laughs> a voicemail, one of us gets our wings. Jeez, how many sets of wings do we have now? See, lots of sets of wings. We can fly higher and higher. How big are the wings? Maybe like butterfly wings. We need a lot. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. we need a ton more. Yeah, All right, so please send us, a, yeah. send us some voicemails. Yeah, trying to lift off this winter. Okay. <laughs> Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Ugh, I ate so much brisket.